The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hi, I'm Haley Hubbard. Hi, I'm Jessica Diamond. This is our show, Meaningful Living, where we break down the overwhelming amount of parenting, lifestyle, and relationship information into credible and digestible knowledge and tools. Parenting is hard, and the thousands of decisions we're forced to make every day can feel daunting. While we've never had access to so much information, it's never been harder to find the knowledge we need to feel confident in the choices we make. We're sharing completely uncensored information here. It can be messy, but it's always fun and always real. Check out Meaningful Living anywhere you listen to your podcast. It takes a village and we can't wait for you to join ours. Welcome to You're Gonna Love Me, the podcast where we open the eyes, the ears, and the hearts of anyone who has judged or been judged. Well, hopefully. I'm your host, Katie Maloney. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to an all new episode. Happy Friday. And I have a guest here with me today. She is super funny and super, super talented. She is a a singer, an actress, a performer, a producer, (laughs) a writer, a creator. I mean, she literally does it all. Welcome, Alex Alice. Welcome. Well, thank you so much for coming. Thanks for having me. So Alex really is super talented. She just did a virtual... Yeah. yeah, virtual. They did a virtual elaborate tele- reading. Telecast. Yeah, like a live stream. A live stream of like it's called Titanic. Yeah, it's this parody musical about the movie Titanic told by quote Celine Dion in like all of her catalog of her music. So it's kind of like Saturday Night Live meets uh, Broadway, which is my background. So we were just in New York for two weeks and having not performed for a year and a half, you're like, does this still work? So <laughs> it was like being shot out of a cannon and it was, it was wild, but it was fun. And hopefully, you know, we, and en- we enlightened some people's lives that evening and life wasn't taken too seriously. Well, like I said, <laughs> I, I got to see not all of it, sadly, because it did go away after. Yeah. It only streamed for a few days. I know, I know but it was Just a preview. I mean, it was pretty epic. If, especially if you like Celine Dion. Yeah. So. I mean, I feel like if you say Titanic and Celine Dion, like the whole world knows those two words, three words. So a few of my friends and I, we, uh, we left New York in our late twenties and we came out here and we're like, we're going to get famous and get hair extensions and nails and be la la girls about town. And then we ended up like singing at a bar in Los Feliz being like, what the fuck are we doing with our life? So <laughs> we're like, why don't we create something or some sort of vehicle that will take us back to New York or, or kind of give us a platform here in LA And so we started building the show and then luckily over time, the right people have started to see it. So we have some pretty big backers, but it's crazy. Like it takes, you know, five to 10 years to get a show off the ground. Yeah. And I feel like like that with TV too, you know, like people don't know if you live in New York and LA, like the grind is actually like you're in the long game, you know? That's what makes it so special though. So, but going back to... New York and your Broadway days. What, what was your first Broadway production you did? Uh, So my first show I did uh, right out of college, I did the Broadway tour of a show called Thoroughly Modern Millie. 
when I was Millie at like 22. You guys can't see me. I've got crazy curly hair. I was Annie when I was little. I was like, yeah, it was just like a rite of passage. So you you were doing performing when you were yeah, Child. I started at like seven. I think I did my first commercial at seven. Cute. Where and are you from? Though? I'm from North Carolina, oh. from Charlotte. I don't know. Just got a big download one day on the school bus. And I was like, I want to be an actress. <laughs> and I like walked into my house and I was like, Marsha, who's my mom. I was like, I want to be an actress. And she's like, you need an agent. And I was like, well, get me one. <laughs> so uh, so we found one around town and then, and then just started doing theater and like went to the performing arts high school, like, you know, just kind of raised in the theater world and also played soccer. That was kind of like the balance. Oh, wow. All right. Yeah. Soccer and theater. Yeah. Cause like, I knew I wanted to be on Broadway when I was older, but I also like still wanted a boyfriend and like wanted to have like a normal <laughs> high school life. So I was like, I'll play soccer and have like normal party friends and then like do theater in the summer. Yeah. Yeah. So then went to college for theater and then booked this tour right out of school. Wow. Yeah. And it was insane. <laughs> it was insane. But I want to talk a little bit more about Broadway because like so many people just look at Broadway like it's like Damon Lights, the marquee. It is. I mean, it is. It's a bit of a a mystery. I mean, it 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 is. is. I mean, some people I think many people can imagine like, you know, the Hollywood, the movies. I think I could get a grasp on that more than I could Broadway. Right. Right. Like what is an actual Broadway lifestyle? Yeah. And like, what is your week like? What is the week like? Like, cause when you get onto like a production. Yeah. How long is a production last? Who knows? <laughs> like it depends. Like rehearsals to. Yeah. Oh, rehearsals run. to opening. Yeah. So let's say, okay. So like I booked my first like New York sit down show, a show called Catch Me If You Can. Um, that was based off the movie. I think I booked that in like a December of one year. And then we rehearsed January, February, March, like started previews in March, which is like a month window of previews, which means the show is up and running, but the creative team is making changes or editing or, or fixing scenes or fixing songs. And then once you open, like we opened in April, but we closed in September. So it's oh. like, it depends on ticket sales. And you can't do anything else. No, you're, you're locked in that contract. Wow. Unless you get outs. Like, let's say, let's say you're a big name and you're like, I shoot this TV show. You can get it. You can get outs and you have understudies. But like I was in the, I started in the ensemble, which is like working your way up the ladder and you're on a production contract, but it's, it's Broadway minimum. So it's enough to live. So, okay. So when you're on this production for like, six months plus at a time, eight months and you're, you're on one show. So is the cast, the cast doesn't change. Everyone's on a contract. Does it rotate? Are you doing different parts? No. So you're, you you're have your track. Same. Yeah. You're doing the same. Does so you get boring. It's wild. Yeah. I mean, there's some, <laughs> yes, there's some shows that I've done where I'm like, my soul is dead. And then there's other <laughs> ones where I'm like, I could do this forever. So it just depends, but it's like the people and the creative team and the theater and like the actual material. Like if you're doing a snoozer, you're like, oh my God, I need an audition. I need to book another job to get me out of this. But if you're doing a show that you love, you're like, having the time of your life. You're like done at 11 o'clock and go down to the village. Like the DJ gets you in. Like you're just are living this New York lifestyle nightlife, especially, you know, pre COVID. And you're like, this is the shit. Like, this is awesome. And you get all the perks. Like did David Letterman, did the Tony awards, did all the commercial work. Like I understudied the lead girl. So I got to go on a lot. So it was cool. Oh, that is really Yeah. Cool. It was great. Is there like, like a in crowd 
in with the Broadway or is, oh, it, is, it, is how like big is, this, is like the scene of Broadway or is it like everyone know each other? It's like heightened high school. Oh, so it's wow. a bubble, but like the fan base is beyond. It's every nerdball theater kid all over the world. And I am one of them. Like I grew up listening to all these soundtracks, but it's like once you're tapped into that theater community, it is like diehard fans, like some are crazy, some are awesome. <laughs> <laughs> and then everyone's probably made out with everybody at some I was point. Say, is yeah. it how incestuous is oh, it? Like everyone beyond. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So is there like the popular group? Oh yeah. Is it clicky like uh -huh. that? Uh-huh. Oh. It's all of that. Is it competitive as hell too? How do you make friends in something like that? Or is it like backstabbing? Is yeah, it, I mean, it's all it's oh all of God. that. It's wild. And I mean, I'll be super <laughs> honest. There's amazing humans and there's also people that you're like, we're going to be friends forever. And you end up, you know, just kind of fading away. I left the city. I was in New York for eight years and I was like, okay, I was kind of getting pigeonholed in a certain kind of like understudy kind of like a runner up situation. And I was like, I really don't want to get stuck in this. So I'm going to go to LA with no plan, which I landed here. And I was like, what the fuck did I just do? But it was so important to get out of that Broadway bubble and to also see like LA is full of just so many artists of all different mediums and everyone can sing and everyone is beautiful and everyone can act. And I was like super offended when I got here. I was like, wait, <laughs> what? Everyone can do this? You know, so in being in that condensed Broadway bubble, it's Groundhog's Day. So I highly recommend like evolving your life and then coming back to it or, you know, having space between it because it does become your identity if you don't take a time out. Was it very like superstitious? There's all these like rules, like these do's and don'ts that you don't really know until you do and don't them, you know, or until you have like an old showgirl, like show you the way. <laughs> yeah. and, and catch me if you can. I was in a dressing room with 10 like amazing women that have like the craziest stories and have done a bazillion shows and worked with like some legends. So I got a crash course. I feel like I got like my master's in Broadway in this dressing room. It should have been its own reality show, but without their guidance, like, yeah, you're in your twenties and you're hungry and you like are dot, you know, your whole dream is to get on Broadway and to experience mm -hmm. it. And so like, there's a part of you that'll stop at nothing. And then there's another part of you that's like constantly having other people tell you if you're good enough, you know, to cast you. And so it's this weird complex of self-worth, you know, it's heavy. That sounds mental. It is. You gotta have, you have to have thick, thick skin. Do you remember what it was like though the first like audience oh yeah like we were like on that stage yeah. and just like tears so the not to not to get like super Debbie Downer but um my dad passed away when I was 16 on December 4th it just rocked the whole family and you know have forever been working on that ever since but it was crazy because I had gone through all these rounds of callbacks for this Catch Me If You Can show. And it was like the first show I've done touring shows like the Millie show. And I did Legally Blonde on tour. But the goal is to get the show in New York so you can live in New York. You can go to the theater. You can like have your your life. And um, I went through rounds and rounds of callbacks. And I was like, oh, you know, and you're doing you're doing everything you can. You know, you're you're singing the material. You're reading the lines. You're like being lined up in a row of women, do you fit the type that they're looking for? Like, it's wild. It's like, you know, a chorus line. It is, if you know that musical. But I had my final callback for Catch Me If You Can, and it was on December 4th, you know, 11 years later. So it was like this crazy, 
wild date and it was really cool and really spiritual for me actually. And then like getting to go through the process, I had a whole um, documentary done about like me from day one of rehearsal to opening night. And so all of that's documented and like Robin Williams and Hugh Jackman and everyone's like would come by rehearsals and like Shirley MacLaine would be like waiting in the wings. And so like all this magic starts to happen and you're like, Every single bit of like, you know, working my ass off and getting into this room was worth it. Cause it's like, just like, holy shit, it's all coming together. So yeah, it gets really, really incredible. And it makes like the grind so worth it. So worth it. And just like that first opening night when you just like- The crowd's insane. Your whole dressing room is full of flowers. It's like Christmas morning. You go to this crazy party. Like you're just like, you're like, there's Sarah Jessica Parker. There's so-and-so. You're just like, oh my God, this is like New York at its its finest. Wow. Yeah. So um, getting to be a part of that was like, you know, check all the boxes, all all the childhood dreams for sure. Oh, that yeah. is so cool. Yeah. I cannot wait to go back and see a play. We were just talking totally. about like, when will that happen? I hope it happens soon. So, I mean, it is so, so magical and so special and nothing nothing else is like it. And there's also like a grim yeah. darkness to and it. And I think that's with anything you do, right? In any job, in any sort of profession you set out to do, like there's the light and the dark and it's the light doesn't win over the dark. The dark doesn't win over the light. It's just a balancing act. It's the reality of, of it. All that's gold does not glitter, yeah. right? And to not lose yourself in either side, right? And try to like, like straddle that line mm-hmm. of still being like, I'm aware of everything that's going on and I'm not like getting emotionally wrapped up in some narrative. Like, even though I majored in drama, I'm not trying to make my life more dramatic, <laughs> you know? I really could do it right now. Right. Um, so, so talking about the thoroughly modern milk. Yeah. So that was so like- you, you had posted on, for anyone that's listening, if you want to go to Alex's- yeah, it's on Facebook and uh, on my Instagram, on Instagram, which is ALS3. ALS3. I only do Instagram. It's too many platforms. And she, she, wrote, <laughs> she wrote about that. So just talk about like, so you were touring. Yeah. So I was like 22 fresh out of the gate and I was the title role in this, in this tour for a year. And the schedule was insane. This was a non-union tour. This was not part of the union. So we weren't protected on a level that I think all performers should because you're doing the same material. Like anybody in theater and film, like you should just be protected. It's so wild. But the schedule was just nuts. You know, the the typical show week in New York and in the union is eight, eight shows, like I mentioned, but I was out there doing like 12. Like I was just two, two doubles, two doubles back to back, maybe one single day, then another double, another double, then a single, and also traveling to different towns each day. So like, and how would you travel by bus? By a bus, yeah. Oh and like sleep God. on the floor. Like it was like get so fabulous. And you're like, but I'm I'm hungry and I want to do this. And like, this is the title role. But it's, it was so much singing and it you was just You think nuts. as like, as, as the title or the lead. You would be. That they would want you to be rested. Yeah, no. No. So I just, I just posted 15 years later about my experience. I was like, I've been sitting on this for a minute and- there's so, when the world is, you know, the world is opening back up and jobs are going to be posted and tours are going to happen. And like all these young kids are going to just jump at the chance, which I mean, I get it. I, that was me. But I mean, if I can save somebody from a mental breakdown or a panic attack and just know that like their self-worth is important and that their mental sanity is more important than, I don't know, working for this crazy machine, you know, like there's just a balance. Like I came to New York completely 
tapped out. Did you yeah. fear and everyone feared that if, if you say anything or if you, you know, if you are too loud or if you, if you're the squeaky wheel. Yeah. There's a lot of squeaky wheel. You're going to get a lot of, you know, demerits. Won't and, work again. And then you won't work again. You yeah. It just starts this like in Broadway. Cra- yeah. This crazy chain effect of like the what ifs, which are also so silly because that's not happening either, but it's just, you're young, you're tired, you want to get on Broadway, you want to have a job. It took this long to get the job. You don't want to lose it. But you're also like, wait, I'm getting taken advantage of. (laughs) Like, so yeah, it was, I mean, I've been in therapy since I was 25, you know, and it's just kind of been a a slow burn getting to this point where I'm at now. I mean, is that something people would say like, oh, is this part of like paying your dues? Was that part of it or like? Yes, but it's, uh, yeah, but that has to shift now. Like that's like enough with that. That's such like an old mentality. And I think with the, with the entertainment business and live entertainment opening back up, hopefully soon, there's a lot of parameters that have to shift and people have to be taken care of and heard and not penalized. And like, there has to be, it has to be normalized. Like it just needs to be normalized. I think there's going to be a lot of pushback. I do too. When things are going to open up, because I think, Separate from that, even with restaurants, like people are not wanting to come back to work. They're like, for first of all, um, I'm making a lot more money on unemployment, which I mean is not like sustainable. It's not gonna last forever. But, you know, a lot of people have also pivoted and found other ways to to make money, have gotten creative and all that. And it's just like they don't want to come back to work for pennies. No, they want a better, (laughs) (laughs) a better life. They want a better life. And they they deserve it. Like this. I'm sorry. This is trash. Like they want to be taken care of. Like, like no, no uh, health insurance. No, no benefits. No acknowledgement. No, no yeah. yeah it's, it's just like, I think too, as artists and as creators and being out in LA, like everyone's creating their own lane. But I think if anything, this past year are like boundaries are the name of the game, right? Like yes. I keep hearing people being like, I'm drawing my boundaries. And I'm like, <laughs> fuck yeah, find your voice. Oh, and like- Big fan of boundaries. Put them down. Yes. Big and like the gaslighting or the, or the guilt and shame that comes after you- start practicing, you know, putting your boundaries down and using your voice, like that stuff you have to work through, but it's like so important. Well, I think it's, it's scary. It is scary. Because when people have practiced boundaries, um, when they've practiced in the past, it has been met with pushback, with punishment, Mm -hmm. with suspension, with, you know, I mean, losing a job. I'm sorry, especially women. Women get fucked. They do. In this game. You know, when women want to set boundaries, when women want to speak up for themselves, they get looked at as pushy, bitchy, whiny. naggy, whiny. Yeah. yeah, if there's any sort of energy or or any sort of tone behind a woman putting down her boundaries, it's just automatically taken out of context. And like I was saying earlier, like we're conditioned to go be men in the workplace. We're conditioned to get after it and go get what you want. We can't. Yeah. (laughs) And then they're like, well, why aren't you feminine and soft and minding your P's and Q's? And you're like, what do you want me to be? Like, again, I'm, I'm trying to juggle both to achieve my dreams and also still, you know, have manners and be a a lady, but also like, go fuck yourself. Like, (laughs) I'm going to call a spade a spade. I'm going to call you out. What have you learned and how to be like that? assertive, you know, well, I've learned lady in the workplace. Right. (laughs) I mean, I know it's like, you're wearing a thousand hats. The one thing I I really, I really try and remember is reaction, uh, response versus reaction. Right. So there's like this stimulus, someone's coming at you or something's going to spark some sort of like reaction. And 
between the stimulus and the response is like this space, right? And it's like, I'm, I'm trying to get very comfortable within that space and to like take a beat or to sleep on something or to take a minute and then really come from a place of love and not this like motive of anger and rage because <laughs> it's very easy to just clap back and you're like, well, that's not going to get us anywhere. So it's like knowing the difference between response and reaction. I can be so reactive. You're oh, same, right. same. You're like, you know, <gasps> steam coming. Exactly. I have a hard time when someone comes at me oh, yeah. sideways or hundred percent. you know, to We want to protect your inner girl. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Be patient and be responsive, not reactive. Yes. But also like the biggest tool that has helped me, especially in being an artist and like not knowing what's next half the time is meditation. I cannot stress this practice enough. I, I told myself five years ago, if I don't start and do it every day, then I have to get on medication and look, shout out to people who need it. And if it works for them, awesome. But, um, I also think this country just slaps a bandaid on you and gives you a pill a lot of the time. And I went through this crazy, like hormone balancing journey, which also can mimic depression and anxiety. I like got all the tests done. I was like, what is wrong with me? Someone tell me what is wrong. Cause I just wasn't able to balance my anxiety and I would have these crazy spirals. Wow. And so finally, did, like, so what did you do? How did you do that? Oh, I like went to it. I, so for like <laughs> four, four weekends, I'd like go to a psychiatrist, go to his office and I would do like SAT testing, ADD testing, like dyslexia, like everything. I was like, test me for everything. Cause like, what, what is wrong? And he's like, turns out nothing. Like you've tested out of all the things. And I'm like, well, then why do I still feel cuckoo kachoo? So I finally, so finally someone was like, have you ever gotten your hormones tested? And I was like, no. So I went to this lady in studio city and it's just blood work, but like it came back and she was like, girl, like, are you like, do you feel insane because your numbers are wild and like, you're so deficient of X, Y, Z. And she's like low testosterone, progesterone, estrogen, all that can mimic major depression, major spirals, crazy PMS, like all that stuff. And so I was like, oh my God, I'm not crazy. Amazing. So started balancing those levels. And then in that, in the same like ballpark was finally like, if I don't start a spiritual practice, if I don't get more woo-woo in my life, then like I'm going to continue to be miserable. And so I have to like start to believe in something, even though I'm like kicking and screaming. And so meditation came in and it's like my Xanax. It's, it's like every day, if I don't do it, like it's not an option. What so kind of meditation do you like? I used to sit for 20 minutes every day. It's transcendental, which is like 20 minutes twice a day, but like in silence, like yes. turning your brain off style. Well, it never turns off. Okay. I mean, well, you're, but you're I mean, like, but that, yes. The, the point is to just have a date and sit with yourself. But I hit my five-year mark in January and I was like, I'm like a passive aggressive meditator. Like what can I be doing? So I have a whole list of witches and monks and guru people that I like, you know, love to dabble in. And I love this one astrologer, K Moon on YouTube. She's super dope. And so I had like a Zoom with her and she's like, there's a woman in El Segundo. Um, it's called True Insight Meditation. She's like, it's like the Hogwarts for meditation. <gasps> awesome. She's like, go to this woman. You will learn all the tools. So I'm in like my second course with this woman and, and it is all visual. It is all like you are envisioning. It's all aura. It's all chakras. It's all like tapping into your vibration to transmute energy and to also like get rid of people's energy that's not yours. 
it's woo woo AF, but I'm telling you oh it works. God. And like, I am unfazed now if like people come straight on or if there's, or, or like me even finding my voice and like posting what I did. I was like, yeah. Why not? Duh. Wow. Yeah. I want to go to the Hogwarts. You need to of, come. Of meditation. I yeah. would love to do that. I I think that's amazing. Yeah. I think it's really good to have that kind of routine and practice in your life. I think everyone should. It's good to have tools. It's, it's good to it's have structure. So, so important. I mean, mine are like not that dope, not that like in depth. I mean, mine are like breathing. Yeah. No, <laughs> breath work is major. Bre- breath work is major because I, I forget to okay. breathe. Like legitimately I'll sit there and realize I'm holding my 100%, breath. 100%. Especially after this year too, like learning that most of us are in a flight, uh, fight, flight, freeze loop, like not even being able to deregulate your body to where you feel normal. And like that is, and especially as an artist too, and as someone that's in this business out here, like you're in a constant state of tension And it's like so important to have tools to be able to like get back in your body and be like, okay, let me make a rational decision or let me look at this not from like a place of delusion because I'm like totally torqued. So yeah, the meditation tool has been like major in the growth of, of even just lasting in LA. (laughs) Do you know, do you know what I started doing recently that has like made like some crazy. Oh, tell me, give me some, give me some tips. Microdosing. Oh girl. Yeah. Love a mushroom. Love a mushroom bums. <laughs> I mean, okay. For everyone who's listening, we're talking like very little 20th of the amount. We're not over here. Like let's go. Let's go to Mars, man. Yeah, man. No, we're talking like it is like a 20th, tiny, tiny bit of sadness. Like a little pinch. It is like, like, freeing of the mind. I'm somebody that'll sit there and you get trapped in there. I will be trapped in a feedback loop of my own prison mind. And I will sit there and like spiral like crazy and be like, think about all the things I have to do. And I will catastrophize my entire life. My day, my day will just be like, Oh my God. And it's, it's crazy. And then with the microdosing, it's like, okay, boop all right, Katie, you're going to wake up and you're going to do your laundry. And then you're going to go, um, so you're going to do, do Pilates. You're going to come home. You're going to empty the dishwasher. And I just do the things yeah. and I feel light. Yeah. My head's There's clear. There's space between you and the thing. There's, yes. And I don't have that. Otherwise I feel like I'm just free from like yes. everything that's like yes. hanging And still over fully me. present. And 100%. Yeah. One, like you don't feel anything. You don't right. feel anything besides just feeling, feeling like I can just go about my day here. and yep. just feel good. I that's don't, what I realized. Like I used to be like, I have to feel to like know my answers. And like, <laughs> I have to like, you know, torque it on if it's good or bad. And um, and the more I meditate and the more I've done plant medicine as well. And the more I've gone down again, the spiritual more like woo woo path, like you have options, you need options. The more everything kind of equalizes and and you don't have any feeling. And the goal is to not really have huge reactions or feelings to stuff. It's supposed to just be like fucking chill. Yeah. I mean, anything. I think for so many people they've seen me have very, very strong reactions to things. They've seen me literally fly off the handle at everything. And yeah, but you've also given people a lot of permission to, to live in their truth and to live in their feelings too. Like you have, and, and you're also finding out you're still navigating yours, you know, your journey. It's, I want, yeah, someone's got to do it and I, you're doing it. But I wanted to find ways to, to, to not, shift it, yeah. to, to, to not be like that anymore, yeah. to, to be a little more 
chill. Yeah. But um, <laughs> I'm all about the woo-woo. I think every, everyone finds a little bit of woo-woo in your life. You don't have yeah. to, you don't have to get crazy with no, it. No. And you but, don't have to like get super in the box with it. But I do think it's so important to, to believe in something higher. And it, it can look and feel any way you want it to. There's not a right way. Yeah. Just something that just feels right to you. Let's talk about some of the other like projects that you've done. Yeah. Okay. Cause like, like you are insanely talented. Thank you. Well, first of all, we have to remind your listeners, um, my band Harbor oh, Party oh, wait, played yeah, okay. your wedding. Oh yes. So Alex was, yes. Alex <laughs> is in the band Harbor Party yeah. that played at our wedding. They're like a yacht rock. You happened to like stumble upon us one night back in the day. So Tom and I went to go see, it was was something else. It was, it was at the Rockwell table and, yeah, which is no longer. I know. I don't, but we actually went to go see, it was the unofficial whatever thing. It was a parody musical of, I think, Jagged Little Pill. Yeah, something. And y'all played right after. And we were just like, oh, yeah, Rock, let's stick around for this. And this is before we were engaged. <laughs> this was like so, so long ago. And, and like we listened to her and I was like, oh, Tom, I'm like, whenever we get married, we like this, this, we should get this band. We should get this band. And then we got engaged. And then I remember like being like, I, I remember keeping track of your band. Totally. Time, just to make sure you're all still together, still together. And then, yeah. And then we went to a good time with Davy Wayne's. Totally when you guys were playing and I, you were so sweet. You were like, I was like, you were like, will you come play at our wedding? And I was like, yes, I'll be your bridesmaid. (laughs) We were like super thrilled. You have been a dedicated, loyal, awesome, amazing support to our band. So like you're a weird, creepy fan. No, you've been the best. You and Tom have been the best for sure. But yeah, it was the only thing I knew I wanted Right. And and the fact that like, you know, that catalog in that time, you know, the, it's like early seventies to early eighties. It's a very specific time. And we bonded over the type of music. You're like, Oh, you get us. Because it's like, it is like the music that everyone knows and loves and can dance to. And that's what I wanted for our wedding was just like music that everyone was going to like, want to get out and dance. And I, yeah. So Yacht Rock is like, Hollow Notes, Steely Dan, Michael McDonald, Toto. It's like all these 80s session singers. And then we'll, we'll throw in some Shaka Khan, some Fleetwood. Like we, it's all 70s. So songs it was a blast. All know and love like on the radio that like you just don't know why you know all the music. Yeah, like you the know the words. Yeah. Totally. <laughs> but and that's what it was. It was just like a dance party the whole night long. Yeah, it was. Your wedding was amazing. It was beautiful. You looked insane. Like it, it, the whole thing was so awesome. And what was so funny was actually getting to watch how a show is shot, you know, how Vanderpump Rules is shot. And the one thing I always take away is, is like, you guys just talk so quiet. Like each scene is just like super quiet. <laughs> well, I mean, it's we're like, not... cause it's TV. It's oh, like yeah, not is, theater. This is not theater. No, we're theater. You know, you're projecting to the fourth balcony yeah, in this one. You're like, they're just That was the really one well. thing that when I was doing theater growing up, they're like, mm, you're not big enough. I my, my facial reactions and my voice, I was never good at projecting. Yeah. I mean, it's a total skill in itself. When I moved here, they were like, <laughs> Alex, take it down a notch sister. Like you just have to, you know, say the lines and not, you know, move your face and eat the scenery. <laughs> I'm like, I'm a professional at that. <laughs> and then also you were doing this like really fun series with a friend of yours yeah, on yeah. Instagram. So I basically realized I like if I waited for the phone during in LA, I, you know, just 
just become a mean old witch. So again, like you're doing your own podcast, like you just have to start making things, right? And trans outlet, right? You totally have to have an outlet. And like part of the meditation too has just taught me to take a lot of that anxiety and like turn it into art, make it into something, put it in your writing, like do something with it. One of my best friends, Carly Gibson, who is also a, a Broadway alumni and funny as shit. And like, she's done a ton of television. We kind of started writing these sketches called Poolside, which is kind of very broad city, but like for people in their late thirties that, you know, aren't <laughs> married with children yet and are also contemplating like what they're doing with their life. So, um, we're going to shoot a few more of those coming up. So I just have, you always have to have plates spinning here. You know, I do a lot of voiceover work and sing in this band, um, go in for TV when I'm, when I get the chance and then write my own stuff. I have one more question about Broadway. Yeah. Who are the like real like winners and who are the losers? Like who, who's making money? Is it the theaters? Yeah. Is it the directors? Is yeah. it the producers? The producers are making their dough back. That's I think first and foremost of how much they get to put the show up. Director and then the leads get a really nice chunk. Yeah. So you got to kind of have to cross that bridge or the goal is to get into that ballpark. Then, then it makes New York city living a little more uh, justifiable. And do people that book shows like, uh, like the original cast of like Hamilton just like luck out? Yeah. 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 And you know, if played correctly, a lot of those original casts like still get paid even if they leave because they have a point in the creation of it as an original wow. member. Yeah. Like a royalty kind mm-hmm. of, oh my. Yeah, so mm-hmm. like there's some, it's not all, there's a lot of beautiful silver linings. And if you can, and if you can land a Hamilton, if you can get in one of those magical shows where you're like, holy shit, I'm in something epic that's going to be like once in a lifetime, mm. you milk it and you, and you just try and stay, I think, as long as possible. Are you like, Broadway, I love you. Or are you like, Broadway, no thank you. I have stopped needing to know. And I've just been like, I'm going to show up and I'm going to just be a hundred percent to the material and, and I'm going to follow what feels good. And like getting to do a musical, like this Titanic parody with your best friends feels really good. So you're like, I want to, if that would happen to get bigger and bigger, I would absolutely run with it. I kind of just like cross that bridge when you get to it. But yeah, open all, all the, all the doors are open. It's just the art of creating at this point so for not, myself. Oh, so you definitely haven't closed the door. You no. don't, you're not like, like not bitter or anything no. like that. There's nothing no. like that. I've had a like decade that. away from it. So okay. if anything, I'm like, I'd love to come back a new version of myself. Oh, okay. I yeah. like that. Yeah. So before we end this, which thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Um, so we got to end it with the rage text of the day. So oh God. Alex, who or what or where would you send your rage text to? You know, horrible rage traffic. Like I try and be really nice and lovely in all aspects of my life, but you get me in my car and it's just the things that come out of my mouth are like, Alex needs to go and time out. <laughs> also like, but the drivers in this town. Oh Yeah. Also, like it just started getting really bad again as yes. of like as of the last like month or so. But like it's there's like like terrible. the light turns green and there's like a twenty minute delay. <laughs> I'm like, are y'all taking bong rips? Like, what is happening? <laughs> Go. <laughs> what about you? I want to say malls, even though I love malls. But you had a recent y- visit. But at yeah, mall, fuck right? malls. Honestly, fuck malls. Are they like hanging on by a thread right now? No. Were they oh, thriving? Oh, also, it's middle of the day, mm-hmm. screaming children, I guess school 
not a thing anymore. I don't, I don't have children, so I have no idea what school goes, school's like, but like, but also like, uh, fuck moms, uh, <laughs> fuck the pretzels, fuck the, you know, the fuck kiosk things, yeah. fuck sbarros. No, I don't want a massage. Fuck the malls. There's too many people. And also like, well, I feel like right now if the malls are open, that's like one place that people can go. So it's just mayhem right Yeah. Now. And I'm not trying to contribute to I know it's a pandemic, but I had to go because I had, I have things I needed to get. And like the mall was like the one place I needed to go to get it. So like before anyone says anything, I know, no, like fuck malls for real. Rage mall. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. Anyway, well, thank you so much, Alex. Okay. Tell everyone where they can find you on social. Okay. Yeah. Like I said, I only like can handle one platform. Okay. It's Instagram. It's just a Ellis three. You're amazing. I love you. And love you. Thank, thank you, you for having me. Oh, you are welcome. Proud of you and your podcast. Oh, thank you. Do your own thing, sister. You are welcome anytime. Well, everyone enjoy your weekend. Have a great weekend, guys. Yes. Love and life. <laughs> Be kind to yourselves. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening. Please make sure to subscribe, leave a rating and review, follow along on social at Music Kills Kate, and tune in next week for an all new episode. 